You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday evening by Zencaster, uh, mere hours after the Islanders 2-1 winning over the Tampa Bay Lightning, is my friend Michael Eboff. And Mike, we talked about the last time uh, how the Game 6 win against the Bruins uh, was one of the best Islanders games we've ever seen and one of the best they've played in a very, very long time. I feel like this game might be on the list too <laughs> if it wasn't a game one uh, because they they put on a performance that I'm not sure a lot of people expected, including you know us or, or the most diehard Islanders fans out there. That was that was something to, to witness. Yeah, I mean, after the game ended, I really I was like, when when is the game supposed to start? Because it just it didn't feel like any like it it felt almost like they didn't like nothing nothing happened in the best of ways, right? Like mm. you you almost felt a little bit for Kenny Albert um, <laughs> because how often can you say Yanni Gore chips it out to center and there's Scott Mayfield waiting for the puck and he rims it back in and Cal Clutterbuck goes to get it and then talk, just describing a cycle and then, you know, oh, and Gord gets to that puck, chips it out to center and look, there's a Noah Dobson and he just rims it around the board and because that's what the third period was. The Islanders go up, uh, um, you know, two nothing and they just really went to work Um and it was almost like a continuation of the third period from the Bruins game where they just got the puck deep and uh, basically cut half the ice. They cut the rink in half. It was mm. so uh, amazingly Islanders, you know, very Trotzian, very, uh, you know, it was a Barry Trotz masterclass. I think 
you know, if he if they flashed to him, there was definitely one shift towards the end there where it was I think it was a Sezikis line because of course it was a Sezikis line and um you know they did a great job keeping the puck deep a couple times and there was they had their support layers like at, at the red line to get the puck back deep and I just thought if, if they flashed to Barry Trotz right now you might see a single tear just kind of roll down his cheek, his beautiful cheeks. Um because uh that was you know, to a T, uh, just clinical. That was the definition of clinical. And it happened – sometimes I feel like you, you know, when when you're watching a game, especially on national TV, like they probably have all these like highlight packages ready to go. Uh, you saw it right away because the Islanders and uh, Matt Martin took a – eight seconds in, him and Barclay Goudreau took um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. And like like as if it was scripted by NBC – they had like a package ready to go from yeah. the bubble the bubble playoff. It was very strange. And I'm sure that they had 30 of those things ready of the lightning, like offensive dynamos. And they couldn't use any of them because mm. you didn't hear Steven Stamkos' name. You didn't hear Nikita Kucherov's name. You didn't hear Brandon Point's name basically until the last two minutes of the game. It was in, you know, the, the Bruins game six, that was an ass kicking. This one was basically like a suffocation. It was insane. Um, mm. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and yeah, you're right. Like there wasn't a whole lot uh, of calling out of the names of uh, a lot of the, the stars on the lightning because they just never had the puck. I mean, that was my thing was that I feel like, you know, maybe the Islanders had a meeting or something where they discussed the easiest thing to do would be to just stay in their end of the ice because that was <laughs> seemed to be the main game plan was just keep it in the lightning end of the ice. And they did. And, you know, uh, the Lightning right now are, you know, they, they've given the Islanders credit. Obviously, you know, a lot of Island Tampa Bay fans are like, this was the worst game the Lightning have played in many months, if not, you know, whatever, this entire season. Um, one guy who was spectacular was Andre Vasilevsky, who is, you know, another Vezina Trophy candidate. He won last year or two years ago, whatever it was. And uh, he was spectacular. And he, he really swallowed up the Islanders. And for a long time, it seemed like they were going to kind of play great, but he was going to, you know, steal one when his team really needed it. Uh, the first period was zero, no score, but it was clearly a fantastic period for the Islanders. Like they, they had Tampa Bay had the first seven shots, but then it was all Islanders. And then they ended up leading in shots on goal, 14, 11. They had basically all the, the, you know, high danger chances or whatever. Um, halfway through the second period, uh, Matt Barzell scores through Vasilevsky's five fold. He had had a chance earlier, that kind of didn't go, uh, but this was beautiful. He, he broke in and with not a lot of separation between him and the defender, uh, managed to put it through Vasilevsky's five hole before <laughs> landing inside of Vasilevsky <laughs> himself. Um, and, you know, Tampa Bay started getting a little bit more zone time, but it was, again, a fantastic period. Uh, they were even in shots uh, for the end of it. There was a power play given to Tampa very late, carried over into the second period, but the Islanders just snuffed that out. I, you know, I don't know if I was – wonder what it's like to have a power play or to kill a power play or kill a penalty between periods. Cause it always never seems to really go all that well. And I didn't know if that was an Islanders thing, but the Islanders just, they didn't give them anything. And for the rest of the period, it was pretty much all Islanders. And uh, Ryan Pollock blasted a shot unscreened through Vasilevsky, not a great goal to give up, but at that point it was, it had been pretty much all Islanders. Like you said, it was just chipping out, getting back into the zone, get it deep, and just go to work. And they just did it over and over and over again for 60 minutes. They held the Lightning without a shot for eight minutes. Eight minutes <laughs> before about the last two minutes of the game. They had held the Lightning without a shot. And they had done this to the Bruins earlier last season, too, last series, too. And it, it's 
it's mind boggling. And yeah, when, you know, if you're Kenny Albert or you're Brian Boucher or Eddie Olchek, like, I don't know what they talk about. They're just a lot of skating around and then just not much happens. And it's funny because, you know, I'm a nervous guy. You're probably the same way watching a lot of people listening. It's probably the same way watching. Like when, as soon as the lightning are in their zone, it's like you get the goosebumps and you get the, you know, you, you start to tense up, but then they just skate it out. And the whole thing ends without it, them getting a shot on goal. And you're like, how would that happen? You know, but you just, they just did it. Um, they got a power play. Lightning did with about a minute 30 to go. Uh, Brock Nelson kind of cross-checked Nikita Kucherov in the neck. He thought Kucherov might've sold it a little bit more, but his stick was pretty high. And I mean, at that point, the lightning had only had one power play, like we said. So, um, they got a power play. They got Braden point, got a power play goal. It was a nice one too. I mean, he was standing in front, kind of whacked it up over, uh, Varlamov's shoulder. And, uh, they had about a minute to go after that. And there were, they were in the Islander zone, but nothing really came of it. And the Islanders walked out with a two, one win, but a dominating two, one win. You don't see that too often. They dominated this game. I think that's not, you know, uh, arrogant or egotistical to say they dominated this game. And I don't know what, you know, now look, this is game one. The Islanders know the lightning. know. game two is a whole different ball of wax. It's an entirely different thing. But like, if you're the lightning right now, you're probably like, what the hell just happened to us? <laughs> like, where did we go? What what did they do? And you know, it's on John Cooper now to figure out. He even said in this post-game thing, it's up to us now to go back, figure out how they did it, and not let them do it again. But like, that's pretty wild. I don't again, I didn't expect them to do that. I'm sure you didn't. A lot of people didn't, but like the lightning are probably looking around, like, what the hell just happened to us? That 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 was a very weird game, but you know, the Islanders will take it. They were happy with it, and now we're looking, they're looking at a one one game lead going into game two on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually had a I was calling my buddy Mike in between the second and third period and we kind of talked about that. Like how do you make an adjustment for a team that basically is just you know working harder than you? Like that's how they're beating you. It's like you're maybe working smarter. I don't know. Like I wouldn't be able to solve the Islanders if I was a coach and be like, <laughs> okay, like you know, if we kind of just cut this player out of you know, if we maybe play a little tighter on this guy or tighter on the points they're generating most of their offense from the point shots and then getting rebounds that's not what's happening they're just you know playing harder managing the puck well and uh being very pragmatic and they're they're taking i think barry trout said it right like they never took any unnecessary risks in the game which i think is, is so important against a team like tampa bay and and it and it that's that's kind of the last two minutes was a good almost like a good lesson I'm almost happy that it happened the way it did because, you know, the Islanders could win Tuesday night, go back to Long Island with a two nothing lead, uh, and the series will be so far from over because this <laughs> this there's no no lead is safe against this team. Like whether it's in a game, whether it's a series lead, there's just no safe lead because of the you know the firepower they have offensively and the guy they have in goal, and uh, it's just not that's just not gonna you know that's not it. You're gonna have to literally uh, there's a you're going to have to squash them out. Like you, you're going to need to extinguish their flame like it completely. Cause if you leave it even flickering, they're, they're going to come back and haunt you. And, um, but the same thing goes with the Islanders, right? Like if the lightning had won this game, I think we would all said the same thing. And um, one of my friends listens to uh, Dan Lebetard and he says that there's a guy on there, uh, Stu Gotts, who says the only way to beat Barry Trotz's team is you have to kill them and also attend their funeral. <laughs> and I think that's what the lightning learned right away is like, you 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 can't prepare um for this team when it's going like this like you can't 
they're going to show up and they're just going to go to work for 20 minutes. Then they're going to take 18 minutes off. They're going to go back to work for 20 minutes, 18 minutes off, go back to work for 20 minutes. And if you can't handle that, and it's hard to do because you need to match them and probably surpass them uh, to beat them, you're, you're going to lose. Uh, you know, you might steal a game here or there, but you, you're going to lose some games. And uh, yeah, the Lightning learned a lesson today. And, and it's been the lesson that the Islanders have been kind of teaching uh, the entire league at large. Uh, you know, I don't want to say all season, obviously, because we've had the ups and downs of a, of a season and there have been definitely some downs. And, uh, you know, and that goes back to the beginning of Barry Trotz's tenure. But, you know, you, you can say all you want, like, you know, the Islanders deserve to be here and we're not going to take them lightly. And, and I don't think that the Lightning did. But when they do show up and play that way, like, how are you supposed to, you know, handle it? How How can you handle it? The only way that it was pretty clear from the beginning of the game that this game was going to be played on the Islanders terms, which was a huge victory in itself. Like that first period, I was like, wow, that was so encouraging. Even if the Islanders lose this game, they basically showed they can match Tampa Bay uh, on the road where John Cooper gets the matchups he wants. If he wants to take them, uh, they can skate with them. And that I thought that was a really great sign. And then they end up you know, winning the game too. And it's just like, what what else can you say? Like what else pe- people can say? Like I don't, I feel like the fanfare after the game was very I don't want to say muted or whatever because obviously Islander fans were great having a blast and stuff and but it was almost like nobody nobody outside of the like kind of Islander sphere was able to be like wow that was a you know dominating performance of the Islanders because there was so little um, there were li- there were just not that many moments that you can talk to because no one's gonna say you know Pierre LeBron isn't gonna point out that. Scott Mayfield blocking a shot and then clearing the puck <laughs> to the corner and then having JG Paggio be in the exact right spot for it to, to start a breakout. That's not going to, you know, that's not going to be a highlight clip, right. um, you know, on, on Pierre Lebrun's Twitter, but that's, that's who this team is. Like they're, they're always there for each other. And it's, and it's kind of beautiful in that way, right? They play the game in the right way. It's almost, it's almost like transcends sports. It almost becomes like an existential thing. Like this, this team, like, if so, one of their if one of the players is in trouble, if maybe they're they're dealing with a little pressure on a back check or whatever, Josh Bailey's there to bail him out. Mm. Scott Mayfield's there to bail him out. Noah Dobson has his his back turned to the play and he's getting chased down. Mm. Well, guess what? If he shuffles that puck to his right, Andy Green's going to be there because that's what this team does. They are just always in the right spot when they're going well, which they're going well right now. Like who, who knows? It could all go to shit. We don't know. <laughs> but right now, like they are just there for each other. It's very. Uh, it's just like an incredible, meaningful relationship kind of thing going on with the Islanders. And yeah. uh, if you you know if you go back and watch the highlights from that game, I, I'm also like, if you're the highlight clipper for NHL.com, what are you clipping? <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like two second what? long video is yeah, two goals. Exactly. Yeah. So like that's that's the thing. Like the, the highlights of this game were so much were 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 so un like they were so untraditional highlights. Mm. They were just they were guys being in the right place, getting the puck deep, chasing out to the puck. And that's that's who the Islanders are. It's awesome. Yeah, um, it's hard to think of an Islander that had a bad game. Um, you know, Nelson. Yeah, again, that 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 was a penalty. That was kind of a a lack of judgment. But I mean, before that, he had played great. He had had a bunch of scoring chances. Um, his line mate Bailey had set up uh, Barzell, like we said before. Um, you know, that, uh, um, Simeon Varlamov was fantastic. He made thirty saves. The, the teams ended up having thirty one shots. A piece. Uh, a couple of them were pretty scrambly, uh, but he was on top of things, and it was really hard. Again, even the fourth line, which you know can sometimes get a little bit caught in their own zone, they did not. They were fine. All the defensemen played really, really well, and so 
yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Like it is a team wide thing and everybody's on top of things. If you're talking about highlights and I, you know, this is one thing that I think the lightning are probably talking about is that they had a lot of turnovers, which I'm sure is uh, pretty uncharacteristic of them. I believe a Steven Stamkos turnover ended up leading to Barzell's goal. He ended up being sat for a while. I don't know if he was hurt. If John Cooper benches Steven Stamkos for a turnover, boy, that's, that's a ballsy move. I got to tell you, I don't know if that's what he did, but that's pretty crazy. Um, there was another point. Nothing came of it, but they were made. They made a big deal about it on the broadcast. That Mikhail Sergachev just like sort of handed the puck to JG Pajo. It's like he just sent him a pass across the ice. It's like okay, thanks. And they went. And Eddie Olchek was incredulous. He was like, well, "What is Sergachev doing there? He's handed like that's a great pass to a guy in the wrong team, you know." And so it, it was just one of those games. And uh, you know, John Cooper again afterwards said like, he, you know, it's about turnovers. Like they just they didn't manage to puck that well, and they're going to fix that. And I'm sure they are. And so. You know, I think as good as this game was, as encouraging as this game was, obviously game two, again, it's going to be a different animal and we'll have to see, uh, you know, what adjustments are made. But I'm sure the Islanders are going to make adjustments, too. I'm sure Barry Trotz looked at it and saw some stuff that needed to be cleaned up as well. Um, But, yeah, I don't know how much of this is going to get noticed. Uh, I don't know, you know, if people saw. But, I mean, I got to give give credit where it's due. We we did talk a lot of shit about the. Boston beat riders last time. And uh, Joe Smith is the guy who covers the, the lightning for the athletic. And he called it a, a fantastic performance by the Islanders. So we're already in a better spot than, than they yeah. were. Uh, but uh, the, the other thing too, about trots is that um, he talked about last year's series and how he felt unfair. The first game was because they left Toronto after game seven against Philly flew to Edmonton, had to play the lightning the next night, got completely demolished and really got off on the wrong foot. And then for the rest of the series was was a lot more even. And so he kept talking about that. And I kept thinking to myself, this this could end up biting them in the ass. Like, you know, if they lose this game, what is the excuse going to be? Like, you know, you had all the setup, you had all the time to rest. You know, now what? Well, again, I was wrong and they came out and did it. So now I wonder if, you know, now they're really on even ground, and where do they go from here? Um, but it was funny to hear Trotz both complain and then be vindicated <laughs> in the same <laughs> same twenty four hour whatever span. Yeah, that was that was funny. It just goes to show like how, how like nuanced he is as a person. Like that he uh, still remembers that. Like I, I I forgot about that scenario. Obviously, the Islanders blew a three one series lead against the Flyers, so it was kind of you know their own fault, I guess, in some ways, but. Um, it's just it is funny that he you know he kept that in, and it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he brought that up to the, to oh, the yeah. team oh, or whatever sure. you know even if it was just like a passing to like you know Jordan Everly mm. remember that bullshit when they did the yeah um, <laughs> yeah I mean and I think a fair fight is a really kind of good way to look at this series is because people when you talk when you talk about the Lightning and the Islanders right you it 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 doesn't seem fair like when you look at the rosters and i'm not talking about the cap thing like i don't even care like at all like any you know what like the islanders are over the cap lightning over the cap i um i don't have time for that i think i can't believe that it's that people are still talking like lightning have won two playoffs it's a little ridiculous yeah it feels like every you know when they play your 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 market like your one media member has to take it upon themselves to fight the the capologist fight or whatever um and i'm not, so i'm not talking about that i'm just literally talking about their team in general like when and 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 the way that the the series was previewed, which was, you know, this Islanders team is punching above its weight, but now they're running into the defending Stanley Cup champs. They're going to it's a it's going to be too tall of a mountain for the Islanders to climb. And 
um, it was portrayed as almost like an unfair fight. Like it's not fair that the Islanders have done this. They've already let's talk about the path. I mean, the lightning should too also have a, have, have had a tough path, but you know, they, they beat the penguins underdogs. They, beat, they were big underdogs against the Bruins and they beat them. And uh, now they got to do it all over again just to get to the cup final. <laughs> um, so it, it, it never seemed fair, but I think that's a good way to look at it is like, no, this fight is actually pretty fair when you um, kind of look at it from, you know, the much more, a layered, more layered view of how the Islanders play, what they're good at. And the fact that, that style, no matter who you're playing, they could be playing the 1980 Soviet team. Like if you play that well defensively and are that responsible with the puck, you're going to give yourself a chance to win no matter who's on how, you know, whatever team you're playing. So um, I think I, it, it was nice to prove that, that point out, like this is a fair fight. Like you, mm-hmm. we, we should be taken seriously as an opposition and whatever. And um, they were, I think I, I liked it. They were just, they were up to snuff in every regard. Like every, the, the there was really, I noticed every Islander for good reasons tonight. And I didn't notice really any outside of Veseleski who was, I mean, the pull-out goal, sure, whatever, but he kept them. He, he basically did what Varlamov did in the game five against the Bruins and Sorokin. I mean, less dramatic, obviously, but like Sorokin, like he kept them in uh, the game against the Islanders today, Veseleski, especially in the kind of second half of the first period. And then after they, went up one nothing he made a couple big saves and um but outside of him like i i just can't think of anybody on the lightning that stood out at all like i mean the brain point goal was beautiful he's such a good player and mm. uh i thought yeah i mean ryan mcdonough i thought was pretty good i guess but i mean i need to really rack my brain for it and uh on the other yeah on the other end you said it like i can't think of an islander had a bad game i thought nick letty was awesome i thought noah dobson was awesome i thought mm. andy green was awesome and obviously like it's all it's if we if you listen to a podcast episode from us maybe from march we're probably thinking like we got to figure out the scott mayfield situation because he just <laughs> is not he was really, great he was he's been awesome the whole playoffs like he yeah. is cons- I, I saw someone tweet about like each the tweet was uh, considering pelic Pollock, and mayfield like a triumvirate and i was like it's crazy to read that because it was always Pollock and Pollock, but mm. mayfield has been that good this postseason and he was awesome again today and the yeah, I mean, the rest of the team was just did exactly what they needed to do, and mm. when that happens, it's going to be a fair fight. It's going to be a fair game, and now the Islanders are up one nothing. Like they're in the driver's seat for the series. Um, they'll still be underdogs, even even up one nothing. But uh, it is it's a, it definitely is a fair fight, and I think a lot of people, uh, you know, I don't I don't think a lot of people like took notice of the way they played today because. You know, they probably just like that's you know that's just what the Islanders do. The Lightning will smash them next mm-hmm. game or whatever. But it does, it did, it definitely will shake up the the fan like the fan base or in the, the team or whatever. Be like, whoa, like that's this is a tricky tricky puzzle to, to solve. And um, speaking of the fans, like, and I also oh, yeah. don't I don't mean to get into you know our buildings louder or whatever. <laughs> it but it, it was a it was almost like the their fan their fans at the the building. Uh, and the building itself were like kind of mimicking the way the lightning played, which, and I guess that's a testament to the Islanders, right? They kind of just yeah. took the wind out of their sails for 60 minutes. That's all that, that was like, right. usually when you say, Oh, someone took your wind out of your sails, it's like for a minute, like after you score a goal and then someone scores right back, this was a 60 minutes of taking wind out of someone's sail. And I guess like, it's hard in that, uh, you know, environment. I mean, the Coliseum wasn't loud when the devils would come in and beat them, <laughs> the Islanders three, one, but, uh, 
you know, it, it was funny because I was like, I'm not really noticing it because even, you know, in Boston and Pittsburgh too, the buildings were much more louder, much more of a uh, character in the games than, than it was tonight. And uh, so it was just like a kind of, they, the Islanders forced them to flatline from basically uh, the players all the way through the, the fans. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, do you just, I just hope that it's real. Like, you know, pinch <laughs> yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's, it was hard not to notice the quiet crowd, but yeah, like you said, I'm not, I'm not going to throw stones. Right, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a good fan base. Like they sell out the yeah. building for, for like uh, 17 years in a row. It's just, I, so it was, it was more of me being surprised than anything. Cause I've also watched, you know, the Florida series at that building was, Oh, it was really loud. The Carolina yeah. series was really loud. It was just, you know, maybe it's three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon in Tampa Bay. I'm sure people were like on their boat or whatever. That's what I, I I'm writing about this in the column for tomorrow, but you know, if I was a Floridian, hockey fan and had just seen a afternoon playoff game and could like go to the beach or go to like a seafood restaurant afterwards. I probably wouldn't have been all that energetic either. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, all right, whatever. We'll get to it. Don't worry about it. You know, um, I'm also sure that they're supremely confident in their team. will will come back uh, in, in game two. But, you know, as we talked about in the Bruins and the Penguins series to get that split is huge. It's just a huge thing to get that split and know that you have that win on the road in your back pocket because you're going to have to. And then, you know, coming back again, I don't think the Lightning are going to be all that intimidated by Nassau Coliseum. I'd be very surprised if they were. But, uh, you know, it's good to get that that win, and uh, especially on the road right off the bat. And, so, and I really do think that they all very much remembered last year's game, uh, game one, and they wanted to fix that and come out and do it. And, that, and that's exactly what they did. Um, the third line, by the way, also had a great game. Um, Zajac. Paul, uh, Pajot and Palmieri didn't get on the score sheet. Palmieri was buzzing a little bit. He was, he took the first penalty. Somebody was going to take the first penalty. The Islanders had three power plays in a row. You knew the next one was going to go to the lightning. The call on Palmieri was weak. I mean, just <laughs> weak, 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 but I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. I was, I was kind of hoping that the Islanders would get out of, not just because I don't want to ever see that power play again in my <laughs> life, but, but I, I kind of was hoping that they would get out without a power play again. So right. that, you know, it would become a storyline right away. Maybe John Cooper would have some fun because John Cooper's a clever, clever yeah. bastard. Maybe say something about you know, New York Saints or whatever. And, yeah, I'm sure he's but yeah, that was a, That was a bad call. I mean, the Nelson one, you know, up, when you're up to nothing. and Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> I, and I did like the, like the wry smile on his face and stuff. And yeah, and in like the bigger long, long con, if he was playing a long con and, you know, to, to get Kucherov to like dive already like that. <laughs> so now people are looking for it or whatever, but I, I thought that uh, for the, I mean, the Palmieri penalty was pretty bad, but the the game I thought was well officiated. Yeah. I um, can't think of like a thing that anybody got away with on either, either side that was like, Oh my God, you know? So, and I think cause it wasn't like, it, was, it wasn't that chippy. I think someone no. else um, in one of the post game pressers, like, Oh, this is a physical game. It was for the, the Islanders were physical. I thought like they were, cause they were just skating downhill at the, the lightning and, um, I thought the Islanders were very physical in their very Islander clean way. Like, right. Uh, but the lightning weren't like it wasn't, there was, and there was very little extracurricular stuff. Um, yeah. So it was, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't feel like, uh, it felt for the Islanders and for, for us, like sure it felt like a playoff game, but it really felt like the, the, the lightning were taking like the, Oh, game one is a feel out process. A little mm. too far, <laughs> like they like it was. You might want you guys might want to like play a little bit better right. because, yeah. and and to that point too, when people kept saying like, oh, like you think they'll just be feeling each other out game one because they haven't seen each other. I was like, 
maybe the Lightning will because they haven't seen any team play like the Islanders has uh, right. do really all season. You can say the Dallas Stars close to it, but the Stars were the shell of themselves up this regular season, and yeah, they play maybe, a little bit more conservative. Predators a little bit, but, yeah, the Predators too. But like nobody, nobody in this to like nobody's no. this much of the Islanders as much of the Islanders as the Islanders are. So. Like there was going to be no feeling out from the Islanders because you know you, you could be the Anaheim Ducks or the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're going to show up and they're going to play the same way. Um, so I thought that was a little bit of an advantage if the Lightning were kind of going to sit back and try to feel their way and get a foot in the the series, you know, halfway through the game. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I can't, you know, I'm running out of like accolades to throw at the Islanders <laughs> and stuff because it just you know, if you can go into that building in the semifinals after the Lightning, who just you know, whitewashed the Hurricanes, one of the other Stanley Cup favorites in five games, and you go into there and just completely snuff their candle like, good God. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, you know, they don't really have too many, like, sort of physical guys. Maroon, Goodrow, um, maybe McDonough a little bit, but everybody else. And, again, I'm not taking anything away from them. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're the best. They're the, they're the champs. But, uh, yeah, I feel like, like you said, I mean, it was uh, – there was physical like eight seconds into the game, and then that was about it. So, but and so for the Islanders, it was not, it was a normal type of physical, but for right. the, the Lightning, maybe it was seemed more physical than, say, what they're used to against like that. I know, players. I know they, I know they played last season in this round. And so this is, you know, maybe this point's moot by now, but I would love a penny for Ryan McDonough's thoughts <laughs> because he's played Josh Bailey and Brock Nelson so many times as a Ranger when right. the Islanders were a hot mess. I'd be like, <laughs> now they're just such, so different. Just be like, I, God, I can't believe how you know different this team is from back right. when I was just beating the crap out of them with the Rangers in the early aughts or the early part of the last decade, um, because yeah, they're just such a like you know completely different organization now. It's like right. the uh, I would love to hear you know what Ryan McDonough would have to say to Jeff Bailey. And him and Hedman, who yeah. obviously could have been drafted by the Islanders, but um, before we take a break, you, you started talking about Kenny Albert before, and I, I just. I want to give you an impression. Uh, one of my favorite things ever is when play-by-play guys have to read ad copy for something that they're clearly not like totally into. And and this time we got your fast family is back. Fast Five coming to theaters this June. I thought it was very. <laughs> it's like this. Does, does Kenny Albert know what he's uh, even talking about right here? Has he ever uh, seen a Fast and Furious? I just, it was very I, stilted. But. It's the, uh, I think there's still a YouTube like montage of the baseball, like during during the playoffs, during the World Series, like the you know, NLCS mm-hmm. or whatever, when, when it shifts to Fox and Joe Buck's calling the game. Oh, yeah. And, and they yeah, read, he reads out. Start over here. Yeah, he reads out like the, the new television shows that are coming out and they all just sound terrible. And, <laughs> and I guess like the, uh, uh, with the way that they're doing, like they're sneaking in ads in, after mm. icings, yeah. like these guys kind of you know get thrown to the wolves. But um, yeah, I mean Kenny, Kenny, uh, I I don't know how he uh, how he stayed in the game. Him and <laughs> they were like they spent like half the third period ma- making fun of you know Brian Boucher and right. Yeah. Brian Boucher was doing his like usual like knee slapping, self deprecating, completely <laughs> corny stuff, and I was right. like while they were making those jokes, it's like, do these guys realize we're game one of the uh, conference finals or whatever they're called now, yeah. Stanley Cup semifinals, game one, the Islanders have won nothing, and they, they're they just not paying attention to the play because the Islanders are literally just getting the puck, <laughs> putting it deep, cycling, 
the lightning would get off for a change and the Islanders would just do it all over again because it, that, that's what it felt like. They were just, they were talking about so much, a bunch of other junk because they, they probably just wanted to pull their eyes out. You know, you'll know the series is totally under the Islanders control when Eddie Olchek starts talking about the horses. Like yeah. That's when he starts getting into it. You know, I'm looking at, you know, not like major, not like triple crown horse races, but just like, you know, the fifth race at Pimlico, uh, you know, on Thursday or whatever. Like that's He's just like reading the racing form while watching the game. But uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll we'll look ahead to game two as, as much as we can and what the Islanders need to do to keep control over the series. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. They also have hats. So if you want an awesome Las Vegas Thunder hat, there's only one place to get it. It's VintageIceHockey.com. They also have our Al Arbor T-shirts, and our portion of which goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You could use the code Lighthouse15 and save yourself 15%. It's VintageIceHockey.com. Check it out. They're adding new stuff all the time. Uh, okay, so, I mean, there's not a whole lot to really say about Game 2 other than the Islanders better just keep doing what they've been doing. Um, you know, it's I'm sure that John Cooper has something up his sleeve, some kind of, you know, scheme that he noticed or weakness. Uh, I was actually kind of thinking that they might target sort of Noah Dobson, who's kind of the younger guy, or even Andy Green, who's the older guy. Um, but, you know, like you said, that didn't really happen. Uh, I can see that happening. You know, if the lightning start to get more physical, they might be in trouble because the Islanders are just about the best in the league at it. If they start pushing the pace a little bit, you know, I think that might be their best strategy, but you don't want to get into a rushing situation because then you could add more turnovers and then the Islanders can pounce on that. Uh, Vasilevsky, I assume, will just be Vasilevsky again. Um, and so the Islanders need to get a scheme going too uh, and come out with it. And, you know, I, I almost don't want to say anything, but regardless of what happens, winning today, winning game one is a huge, huge, huge thing already. Now, if they win game two, well, now you're, it's even more huge. Um, but, I mean, to get the split right off the bat with such a performance is already great. And so I'm not too worried about game two, but if it ends up being a disaster, then I will worry about it, <laughs> obviously. But uh, yeah, it, it could go a lot of different ways. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it'll play out exactly the way game one did. Who knows? <laughs> that would be great. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, I was actually surprised with how calm I was um, throughout the day uh, leading up to game one. I just was, you know, I was, I was excited, more excited than nervous. And 
uh, I was watching my buddy Eric and he said something that I thought to myself earlier. And he says, I'm much more calm right now than I was at any point in either of the previous two series. Like he's like, even after wins or whatever, like I'm just, I, I feel like calm and just confident a little bit. And that's how I felt too. And that's how I feel for game two right now. Like I'm sure I'll get, you know, a little nervous or stuff as, I mean, as, as soon as the puck dropped today, like I was nervous and obviously those last two minutes were hell, but um, it was still like for most of the day. And it was just like a very calm sense. And basically everybody I spoke to in the Rhode Islander fans around, you know, in my you know life, I guess I was, they were kind of echoing that same sentiment and winning game one just really does do such wonders for your mental health um, for, for the next one. And <laughs> uh, of course, you know, you got to win it because you lose game, you lose game two and you come back to the Coliseum one, one. And that means that you're going to be, you know, bricking it for game three and, <laughs> and then game four. So uh, it's it just, it, it, I'm, I'm just extremely grateful that they won for that. I don't have to really just like spend the next day and a half or two days to just worrying. And that's, that's the beauty of stealing game one on the road is that like, now you just, you're, you've, you've already shifted the series. It's on our terms and you can almost kick back and relax and you know, go lay in a hammock outside or something <laughs> till the next game, because it's gonna, it, it, it does just doesn't feel like as life or death um, anymore. And yeah, I mean, we know that lightning aren't going to play that bad. Mm. game two and beyond like this is going to be a series where the islanders are going to be up against it um at some point uh it, it might look a lot more like that two last final two minutes in the first 58 for a good portion of the series and uh but they now have like cushion for that so it's uh yeah i mean i i'm expecting a, a very different game too but i'm also expecting the islanders will be able to they're, they're a very good team at bending and not breaking and weathering storms so uh, you, you know, if the lightning do that first 10 minutes, I'm, sh- I'm sur- sure the first 10 minutes on Tuesday night is just going to be a, a barrage of rubber at towards Simeon Varlamov. And, uh, but I'm pretty confident that, you know, the Islanders, even, even if they do go down a goal, will be able to get themselves back in the game. And, uh, especially, I mean, especially just coming off this performance, like also you, you we touched on Barzell, um, cause of the goal, but. I think like when he's playing that the way he played tonight, like it's really hard uh, to stop not just him, but the team, because, you know, if, if the first line has a good shift and they keep the puck deep, that means the second line is going to come on against either a mishmash of whoever after a change or tired legs or whatever. And it's like that snowball effect. We always talk about the dominoes or whatever. And the way he played Barzell uh, getting basically made every right decision whether it was you know just cycling the puck getting it deep or holding on to the puck to make a play um you can't stop him you, you know because because if you do if you do end up containing him he, he can get the puck deep and all of a sudden because he's so captivating uh to defend he's already tilted the ice towards him and if he does dump that puck that means jordan ever really skating onto a puck and there's gonna be a lot of ice for the third man in to, to skate into um and we saw that i think we saw that a pretty good amount today and so that's all this stuff is just making me incredibly confident uh, going forward. And and I'm sure, you know, when the Islanders do get punched in the mouth, it, the, the world will be falling down again. <laughs> but right now, like, it's just hard. It's really hard not to. I mean, I hope I hope we end up mentioning every player on the <laughs> roster by the end of this episode because, you know, it, they all deserved it. They all they really 
uh, that was the past two games have just been complete one through 20 efforts. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, let's mention the one guy we haven't mentioned so far, Leo Komarov, uh, <laughs> who's part of that Barzell line. And I agree, Barzell, he was the game's number one star. Uh, you know, he had that great goal. Again, he had a bunch of other chances. The the other chance that he had, I, I forget if it was the first or second period, kind of turned around Victor Hedman, which is not something that happens too often. Uh, made him look a little bit silly there for a second. Um, and so he was fantastic. And I thought Everly was really, really good, too. And I thought Leo was was pretty effective at, at what he did. But, you know, it's still the same kind of story where, you know, Leo is a place where sort of offensive chances go to die. And like, you know, they'll hand off the puck to him and, you know, he might get it back to him, but in kind of a weird way or kind of like making, you know, kind of things a little bit awkward. Um, again, he was he was effective. Like he wasn't, you know, I'm not trying to sit here and be like he was the one guy who didn't play well. He, he played as well as he could, but. Again, he's a limited guy. And so, you know, when he's when he's being a screen in front or driving somebody crazy, that's when he's most effective. When he's got the puck on his stick, eh, you know, things can get a little bit weird. And so every time Barzell or Everly passes to him, I'm afraid that this is where the whole, you know, gang is going to shift to the other side of the ice. But uh, they did a good job cycling. Yeah, the forecheck was really, really good. And uh, every line did a good job of keeping things in, in the lightning zone for the most part. And uh, yeah, I guess the worry is that it could end up looking a lot like the last two minutes. It's a bit of a, of a, of a fire drill uh, there, but, but even still like, you know, with that last minute, they didn't have a ton of dangerous chances. I think the puck got flung towards Varlamov yeah. maybe once or twice. And I think the Islanders won both the faceoffs in yeah. that last minute. E- even at that point, it wasn't too bad. Um, and so I, yeah, I mean, we were saying before, like, you know, what are the, what do you do if you're the lightning? I don't know if, you know, turning up the pace is really, the best thing because I mean, yeah, maybe you, you get, like you said, you have a first 10 minutes or, or a, a sustained run of, of play for a little while. And, you know, maybe a good a goal happens, but I mean, you can't really count this team out. Like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do the best they can to rest the game from you and take it. And, you know, I, I don't want to get too, too philosophical. I mean, this is only one game. We don't want to get too crazy. And I think we've done a pretty good job of not getting too crazy, but um, you know, you know, Trot says a lot that this is the, he's always telling this team about being big in the moment and, and, and seizing the moment. And I think these guys understand this moment and he doesn't have to tell them that often he says, but I, cause I think they understand where they are right now and this opportunity that they've got, they got a lot, they got lucky in a way they got a second crack at it. Mm. Um, but I, I think that they're going to come out and, you know, I, I, even if the lightning do come out and, you know, start hammering pucks away and it's like insane for, you know, 10, 12 minutes or so, at some point, the Islanders are going to get the puck back and they're going to go back to work and, and it's going to be a lot harder for them to do it. And maybe they'll claw back. So let's see what happens. Like pushing the pace is, is one thing, but that the, the other thing is like the lightning want to play a game where while, while they are pushing that pace, that means that, you know, they, yeah, they have the puck and are more apt to draw penalties. And the Islanders are just a, very disciplined team. I, I I was I was happy that Trotz pointed that out too. That they were very disciplined throughout the game because, um, you know, we there was, you know, we we said it just a couple minutes ago that the officials were good, and I really can't think of anything on the Islanders side that was really even close to mm. to looking like oh god, he's, this guy's going to take a penalty here, because um, they weren't like there was there was like a couple turnovers uh, that the Islanders might have had or like a puck that they they couldn't clear. And I was like, oh no, like this is going to be a, end up being a penalty or, or a goal. And it, they ended up just being able to 
fire escape their way out and uh that you know that's not an easy thing to do when you're no. you know you're chasing Nikita Kucherov around or whatever and uh so there's even like that kind of stuff just is in, encouraging in its own way like oh like if yeah you can play this way and you can just get out of a game with the lightning having two power plays and one of them being uh pretty weak and the other one coming with uh mm. a minute or a half left of the game uh i mean so it's just like you can think about this game is not going to go down as a uh you know instant classic you won't see it on espn classic for sure but it's definitely going to go down as one that islander fans of course will be able to think about and watch and there, there will be like moments that pop out and most of those moments are just going to be us talking about, you know, Anthony Beauvillier for, for checking smartly or something <laughs> like that. Like that's the kind of, that, that's the game yeah. that it ended up being. And that's perfect. Right. Uh, and I was happy that nobody was saying, you know, the, the people were saying clinical more than boring because last year in the bubble, it was always boring. Like I'll be like, no, that's just clinical. Yeah. Uh, that's the way they're supposed to play. We're not, you know, the, the Islanders don't show up and say, Hey, let's, you know, make sure, we'll try to win this game, but let's also like make sure that it looks fun for the fans and everyone has a good time. And Nikita Kucherov gets his three on twos with, with Braden points so that the fans go home happy. Like that's not the point. The point is to win. Um, and the way that this team has to win is, is by being clinical and playing smart and passing, you know, that game one, a plus like, good God, mm. um, everybody, I have, yeah, Varlamov to everybody played. So just so well. And, Barzell said after the game that, you know, uh, I forget what the question was, but he talked about how, like, even in the Pittsburgh series, like when he wasn't scoring, you know, he felt he was playing well and, you know, he didn't see a a lot of, you know, the the idea is to get the win. So scoring, you know, the fifth goal and that when you're already up four one really doesn't do anybody any good. Like it's about getting out of there with the win. So he's very mature. uh, He's coming along and, and, you know, he put on a performance here. And again, he's a guy, Talk about a guy who knows the moments like he knows what these kinds of games mean to a, a player's career. And I think he wants to to play well. And then they all do. But I think in particular him, like he wants to have that kind of reputation as sort of a big time guy. And and if he keeps putting up games like he did today, uh, he will. So, yeah. And, uh, and his goal, too, like it was so just nice to see a puck get past Vasilevsky because for a, right, a little yeah. while there, I was like, oh, God, is it is it possible to score against this guy? And yeah, seeing that puck go in, I was like, Oof, like, thank God, because. Uh, yeah. Pollock's too was fun. A because it you know wasn't the best goal he gave up, but it turned out to be the uh, the uh, fourth game winning goal of him f- of these playoffs, which is pretty. Rem- <laughs> I guess he's got four goals and they're all game winners. Like that's pretty crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, um, but that's also and we talked about this about an earlier goal of his too. I forget what game, but that was like the perfect Ryan Pollock goal. Like that's exactly what we've all been envisioning. He just he just loaded up. And just launched that puck at 100 miles an hour, and Boucher was like, "I know Ryan Pullock can bring the heat, but you can't let that puck go in." It's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> "Sorry, Boucher, yes. just did." Sorry, Boucher. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I do feel bad for those guys. I feel bad for that broadcast crew. They, the Islanders, really robbed them of a of a good time with the Lightning. Which mm. uh, you know, it's not like it's not like they went in and played the uh, Florida Panthers or uh, you know Detroit Red Wings and did this. Like they literally took maybe the most dynamic offense in the NHL and just completely mm. muted them. Uh, yeah. Handcuffed it. <laughs> yeah. Like completely. Like I, I, I know we've seen them do, a, do this a lot over the years to other teams, especially like, you know, for like 10 minute stints, but for a 60 minute effort against 
a team that uh, has Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, Brandon Point, and you know go down the list. Uh, mm. It might, might not go in the Islanders Hall of Fame, but it definitely goes in the Barry Trotz Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Because that was a yeah. very yeah. trotz It's like, game. you remember those uh, videos? Uh, oh, God, what was his name? Fred McGriff was like the, the spokesperson oh, for Tom it. Tom Amansky. Tom Amansky, These yeah. are the instructional videos that get the results. Yes, exactly. Like if Barry Trotz put out a VHS of how to play Barry Trotz hockey, it would basically just be highlights of this, this game. <laughs> and uh, hopefully uh, game two is uh, – just as much fun and uh, also an Islanders victory. Uh, check out Lighthouse Hockey every single day uh, throughout the rest of the playoffs uh, for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. We got a little Adam Pellick video uh, up on there, too, from our friend Spiz Wolf. Uh, check that out. It was his work against the Bruins, and uh, we love Spiz's videos, and this was a good one. The Pellick posse out there. There, that, that one's for you. Um, and you should, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come to you, I guess, at some point. I mean, maybe maybe a week from now after game four, we'll see. Um, this is a tough one. Games Tuesday and Thursday uh, make it a little bit tough, but we'll, we'll see when we can figure it out. Um, what is your Twitter handle? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski with two E's. You should read his work at the Action Network. Uh, somebody out there probably won a lot of money today. I don't know. If- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I bet the Islanders – I mean, the prices on the Islanders have just been hilarious because <laughs> – it's been three years and they, the betting market just can't figure out how this team gets results. And um, so no matter what money will come in against them and I'll come in for them because the, the number is just absurd. And uh, I mean, the number for the, the golden Knights are like minus almost five minus 500 against the mm-hmm. Canadians. This is the biggest price I've ever seen in a playoff series. This, especially this deep. So uh, it's not like that big, but you know, the Islanders were better than two to one odds to win the series. And they were like plus plus one seventy or one sixty five to win this game. So those number, like we, yeah, we're maybe a little biased, but we know that this team is good, especially right now they're playing really well. So mm. you keep throwing prices like that out. The, uh, <laughs> I mean, so, keep going to it. It's like giving money away. So yeah. There you go. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the best of both worlds. Uh, there you go. But yeah, so check all that out and uh, we'll be back at some point. Uh, I don't know when, uh, <laughs> after, uh, maybe after game two, maybe after game four, we'll, we'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, they're all as good as, uh, as today's was, uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy your Monday and, uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.